Telltale, Dakota Folk Life and Stories is a collection of narratives describing the shared personal experiences and lore of life on the North Dakota Plains. They originate from and are shaped by interviews with senior citizens, many of whom are in elder care facilities. I went to Hiroshima about eight weeks after the atomic bomb was dropped. I was a member of the 136th Regimental Combat Team and the INR Platoon, which is Intelligence Recon, and uh, I was in the South Pacific, and we arrived in Japan on September 2nd at Kobe, and we, were, we uh, moved on up to the uh, Otsu Boys Training School, which was on Lake Biwako, and it had been a, an air uh, seaplane base. And when, when we went through the gates, it was kind of interesting because the Japanese guards and the guard houses at the gates to the camp were still armed <laughs> as, we, as we came through the gates and they saluted as we came in. And of course, as soon as we moved in, uh, they were uh, re, uh, relieved immediately and, and their arms, of course, were taken away. In our unit, we had two Nisi fellows, that, uh, one of them had relatives at uh, Hiroshima. And after we landed in Japan, why uh, Kit Yamamoto wanted uh, to go down to Hiroshima to see his aunt and a cousin and uh, ask if I wanted to go along. So I did. It was absolutely amazing. The uh, streetcar was, uh, wheels were welded to the rails. Uh, there was a uh, humongous, ice, it looked like a big ice cube, brown ice cube. Uh, we thought it was a brewery, but at least it was a bottling company. And the building was gone, but the bottles had all melted in one huge, big pile of, looked like an iceberg. And could, we walked up to it, and we could see bubbles and stuff where the air or liquid was in the bottle, had been in the bottles. And like I said, the wheels of the streetcar were welded to the rails, and uh, the um, Iron bars on the windows uh, to keep people from sticking their arms out were there, but they had uh, bones that were stuck to them where people's, people either tried to get out or whatever, I don't know, but there were pieces of bone stuck to the iron bars in the windows in the streetcars. Looking for uh, Kit's aunt and family, why uh, they lived on the outskirts of Hiroshima, and uh, it was kind of up on the side of the... Uh, I wouldn't call it a mountain, but it was uh, up a higher elevation than the city was. And we went out there, and we found her, and she was fine, but she said that her son had gone into town the day of the, the bomb was dropped, and uh, he didn't come home. So she went looking for him the next day, and she found him in a, uh, a survivor's um, assembly where they were treating people, and he was in a daze. But other than that, he seemed to be all right. So she took him home, and uh, about the second or third day that he was home, all of a sudden his uh, uh, gums uh, started to bleed around his teeth. And then the next thing, he had the blood, uh, uh, tears coming out of his eyes and out of his ears. And the next day he died. But she also explained that to, after the bomb had gone off, about 20 minutes or so later, at her house up on the side of the hill, 
why there were two evergreen bushes, uh, decorative bushes in her front yard. And she said that uh, uh, 15, 20 minutes after the bomb went off, why those two bushes uh, burst into flame. And they had been very, very green, healthy bushes. Uh, there were so many things that uh, were weird about it. Uh, one of the things about my own personal uh, happening, after I'd been there, uh, probably it was a month or so, or maybe, I don't know, maybe two months even, but on the way later, after I had been down there, I was in the, shower, in the gang shower, and one of the guys looked over and said, hey, what happened to your big toenail there? And I looked down, and it was gone. <laughs> so I hadn't even noticed it. So uh, I checked my socks, and sure enough, there was a, my toenail. And within about a week, all of my toenails fell out. And uh, the doctors at the uh, Tokyo General Hospital, the 42nd General Hospital, um, couldn't figure out uh, what what caused it, and uh, finally uh, I told them I'd been at Hiroshima and Nagasaki both, and they said it must have been uh, from walking around in the, from radiation, yeah, in the two cities, and, but I haven't had any uh, problems with it since, and my toenails did grow back, <laughs> at, uh, but I've never had any, any other illness from it or anything. There were so many things about it, uh, even the ghostly impressions of uh, where people had been standing when the bomb went off, and it was a, 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 just like an etching or a shadow burned into the uh, whatever they were standing next to or sitting next to or whatever, which was kind of kind of ghostly. It, uh, like I said, in the streetcars, uh, still still there with uh, images of people uh, sitting there, but they were not there. They just weren't there. When I went back five years later, uh, right at the, around the epicenter of the, uh, of the bombing, at the, the ruins of the city hall or whatever the building is at the big dome, the structure is still there, the skeleton of it is, but it's uh, the yard is all nothing but flowers, just beautiful flower garden flowers. I was 18 years old when I went to Hiroshima. Yeah, I was 18. Produced in partnership with Dakota Legacy, this project is supported in part by a grant from the North Dakota Council on the Arts, which receives funding from the North Dakota State Legislature and the National Endowment for the Arts.